And if somebody wants to get good at selling, what, uh, like, you know, there's a go out there and, you know, try to sell a thousand times is one way to get, get better. Uh, but if you wanted to improve your rate of learning, what books, courses, whatever, what, what YouTube videos, uh, like, do you remember that, like that really clicked for me? And that was like, kind of like a game changing, uh, thing for me and getting better at selling. I have relatively stronger beliefs about the topic. Um, so I think first off, a lot of people read books before they start selling. And I've thought a lot about it and I don't think that's the right path because you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like you only know like what the concept of building rapport is until you've not had rapport <laughs> and like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Now I understand how this works. But like, until you, like, until you confront the reality, like you can't, you can't bucket the knowledge into something that's actionable. That's so true I'm a proponent of doing first, realizing the deficiencies and then going to find the information now to match the, the, the real life scenarios that you have encountered. Um, the second part of the question is like, which books or things like made things click. So um, there's one moment that made things click, which was, I said this in the book, Sam, which is like, make people offer so good, they'd feel stupid saying no, which was the secret of selling, right? Is like, if you just make it so good that they won't say no, then it makes your job a hundred times easier. And so I did work really hard on that side to make my job easier. And just as a quick caveat to complete the loop from like 40 minutes ago, you said like, what was the book or training or whatever that... So it's my belief, if you look at Belfort, you look at Bradley, you look at Grant Cardone, some of the big sales trainers that are out there, almost all of them invariably have the same story, which is I started selling and was the best guy on the team by a fucking mile. And then I tried to figure out what I was doing. And so I do think that some people naturally, based on their childhood, their upbringings, their whatever, are just have a higher proclivity for selling. Which carries yeah, just over. a gift of gab and, and, and empathy. Yeah, and I think it carries over into how you recruit for selling too, because we've built a lot of sales teams and I actually have a very short allowing for people to fail at sales cycle, probably much shorter than most people. And it's just because I've never had a killer salesperson who didn't do pretty well the first week. And so for me, we, you know, we turn through this quickly, but as a result of that, the team is just killers and they know that. So I, I like this quote from, from Grant Cardone, but he says, you know, my sales team's a dangerous place to work. And um, I, I love that. So in terms of uh, sales stuff, I think that, I think people don't know how people are really freaked out about the idea of selling, right? And so I think the first reframe is like, you're not selling, you're helping someone make a decision that's gonna help themselves. And the, 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 the front part of that is that, I do think that the number one predictor of good sales is conviction. And so fundamentally, you have one person who should believe in something, another person who does not believe it yet, and trust is the thing that transfers that conviction. So if fundamentally there's the two things you need, you need trust and you need conviction. Most times salespeople don't have 100% trust, I'm sorry, 100% conviction. And so the, also the idea of conviction as a binary is false. So it's not like I believe it or I don't believe it, it's to what extent do I believe it, right? And so that's why like in terms of if I wanna improve a sales team, I can do the drills, which we do, and that's like blocking and tackling. But the thing that really juices a sales team is hearing the testimonials of the people that they sold last week and what they're doing today and how their lives have changed. And so I noticed this because on my sales teams when we were in person, Whenever I did way out day, which is when everyone finished their challenges and everybody was crying and so excited, I tried to stack as many sales appointments as I could while people were weighing out. And during those days, we closed like 100% because people were like, dude, how can you not think this works? It's right there. And so the thing is, is like you can either trick yourself into having the right tone or you can train yourself. And I think that it's much easier to trick yourself into it by just simply believing. Because if you talk, if you truly believe in the product, you will talk about it differently. 
And so in terms of an understanding of selling, if you need to have conviction, you need to have trust, trust is gonna come from expertise and some level of rapport, right? And so um, I think that overarchingly, to help someone sell, we just have to ask the right questions to get someone to come to the conclusion on their own. And so most sales conversations follow more or less the same framework if you know what you're doing. Otherwise, people are just chasing their tail and trying to chase a prospect to an outcome that the prospect doesn't know how. Like, we've had this conversation 100 times. They have only had it once. We should be the one knowing how this conversation is supposed to go, right? We should also come in with a massive advantage to how to have this conversation go the way we want it to because we do it all fucking day, right? <laughs> and so... You know, big, big front end pieces is like, why are they there? What's the problem? What have they done so far? Understanding where they failed, seeing why our product is different from the things that they failed, asking for permission to explain about the product, explaining the product, not in any way based on features, but only based on the experiences that they will have as a result of it and using analogies to explain those experiences. Right. Um, and then and then having a close uh, at the end, which the, the TikTok, I think that you, you referenced was like a no-based close. And I think a lot of natural salespeople do this anyways. Like if I want something, I'm gonna be like, hey, can you do this for me? I'm like, hey, would you mind? And they say, no, they don't, I don't mind, right? Like this natural communication dynamics that most people who naturally know how to persuade people or at least influence do that on their own. This is just retroactively looking at it and saying, what did I do different? Like, why is this different? And um, in terms of like overcoming, because people are afraid of confrontation, right? That's what they're afraid of. And so I believe that you can sell without ever having confrontation. And you can do that with what I like to call childlike curiosity. And so if someone says, um, well, my husband's not going to approve that. I'm like, why wouldn't he? Like, what do you, like, huh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about that. Rather than like, all right, let's like your husband's an asshole. Like that's not going to work because in arguments, no one wins. Right. And so you're like, why, why would he think that? Cause, cause I would think that, he wants what's best for you, right? Yeah, he wants what's best for you. Does he know you're struggling with this right now? Well, I mean, yeah, he knows I'm struggling with it. Okay, so he wants what's best for you, he knows you're struggling with it. So why do you think he would be opposed to solving something that, that you're currently struggling with? So he, just so I understand, would he be happier if you continue to struggle? Well, no. It's like, well, great. Then would you be opposed to moving forward today? And that way, and hey, if you go home to your husband and you make a joke and it lights the scenario and then you close it, right? And so it's, I think childlike curiosity is the immediate that you have to train because people get defensive. So that is one thing that like fighters talk about when they're in the ring, like in the beginning, you breathe in too much, right? I don't know if you, like, if you've been in like sparring and stuff, like you breathe in, you breathe too much, you hyperventilate. And so the guys who've done it enough, they slow down their breathing because when they get, things get intense, they can slow it down. And so I think sales is a lot the same way where you're like, your adrenaline kicks in, start breathing faster, it's fight or flight. So you gotta be able to slow it down and be like, huh? that's crazy. I wouldn't have thought that. Okay. Tell me more about that. And like, now you're interested. And then they don't feel like you're combating them. They feel like you genuinely are interested and want to help them, which is what you should be doing because you should be selling them Dude. only if it makes sense.